Yeah, that's huge within the spiritual community too, is that focus on healing and sort of that like liminal space in that loop where people are constantly healing and it's coming from a place of like self-hate and not self-love. You know, it's not seeing healing as like, I love myself so much that I'm going to allow myself to heal or give myself the opportunity or see, yeah, just I love myself enough. So I will heal. It's like, I forever need to heal. There's so much I need to heal. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just that nonstopness. And I think in our world and spirituality and in like, even in social media, even like Instagram therapy world, it's just like now people are so aware of all the things that they need to heal or they need to do. And it just becomes a cycle where people just get so stuck. And it's almost like, masochistic and then almost like narcissistic a little bit where it's like so obsessed with themselves and their healing. It's weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think there's a, and that's why I love the darkness Mm -hmm. for it really cuts through Mm -hmm. a lot of that. I mean, people come and they'll still do their practices and what I've seen where people have their biggest insight, breakthrough, new discoveries where they've just They've exhausted that. Yes. You can't distract yourself forever in there. People do a really good job for a long part of the day. And then at a certain point, there's just the meltdown. And it's like in that moment where we finally stopped controlling Mm -hmm. through these ways that we don't even see that we're controlling. Like we're meditating and praying and chanting and breath work. And like for some, there's a subtle thing under there that like we're not already where we want to be. And that's why we're doing those things. There can also be doing those things because we love them and we like, it's great to have a body and be alive and express and have fun. But being clear, is that why we're doing them? Or are we running from our discomfort or wanting to overlay things? So in the darkness, at a certain point, we exhaust all that and then we're confronted with what's present. Mm -hmm. And the typical process in the dark when somebody gets in there they sleep for some people just have one normal sleep and that's it i feel like when people tend to be a little more anxious they just don't sleep as long in the beginning and then some people will sleep for a full day or two days when i go in now i'll i'll sleep almost for two full days i'll get up and go to the bathroom i'll drink water and i'll go right back to bed my intention when i go in initially is just to pretty much be as lazy as possible I'm not trying to achieve anything, but mm. at a certain point, it's clear that like my laziness is not work. I'm awake now. I, yeah. I have to shift focuses. Mm-hmm. After that, there's like a period of novelty where it's like, wow, this is amazing being in this quiet space. And for some people that lasts a day and some people like an hour or two. And that's when then the meat of just like <laughs> the volcano erupts of just of all the things, the past and the future and the desires and the resentments and all that. And there's a find that is a big journey in forgiveness in there too. Because when we dive into, we replay all those things and people are like, wow, I haven't thought about this person that did me wrong 20 years ago. And like, I thought I was over it. And actually like, I'm still having feelings about it. And so all those resentments and hurts from past things. I see that forgiveness is a big theme because in our day-to-day life, 
I feel like we distract ourselves before discomfort even arises. It's like the inkling of discomfort and like we're on our phone, we're eating food, we're going for a walk, we're doing something wholesome, we're exercising, we're moving. It's like whatever it may be, we never really let discomfort arise. And in there, there's no escape. You can't hide. And so there's a level of discomfort that we've never experienced before. And then it's like, what do we do to comfort ourselves? And something that I find is that when somebody's bit off more than they can chew, they've gone in for too long. They've chosen a length that's too long. Whether it's four days, five days, 10 days, whatever it may be, when that discomfort period arises and in their mind, they think about how long they have, they're like, that's too long. I can't do this. And they lean out and there's like, there's a coping there's a dissociating, there's a numbing, and we do it all the time with all the things in our life. And so most people don't even realize that that's what they're doing in there at that point. And they may still do their practice and their movement and their breath work and their yoga, but there's like the undercurrent of why they're doing all that is to avoid the discomfort and the pain. Mm -hmm. And then there's when that person's hit their sweet spot and it still could be three days, five days, 10 days, the discomfort arises and there's like, I can do this. I've heard people and they're like, I can do this. And they lean in and they feel all that pain and discomfort. And they could still do their yoga and their breath work and just the subtle nuance of why they're doing it is different. There's a real meeting and authenticity and vulnerability Mm -hmm. with that. There's a woman who was in there who had had severe depression for many years And I was asking her what her core desire was. And she had said acceptance. And so the next day when I was up there, I was asking her how that was going. And she said she was scared that if she accepted her current state, that it would last forever. Mm. That if she accepted the pain and the sadness that she was feeling, how would it change? And I've reflected so much on that of seeing that we feel like we have to do something Mm -hmm. to change our pain and to change the grief that we need to do something. And people still do that while they're in the dark. They do all their practices. And I asked her like, what if it never goes away? What if that pain never goes away? And the next day when I went up there, through however she oriented she just was so happy she's like i feel like i've never experienced gratitude before i've always said thank you i've had gratitude circles but like she was like wow it she dove in and truly accepted her pain and discomfort without trying to change it and there's been times since then where i've explored that of like where i feel shitty And I'm like, well, if I just go for a run or take a cold shower, I can change this pretty easily. But I'm like, well, I'm curious. I'll just lay down and rest in it and feel like shit. And I hit that moment, which makes me think of her, where I'm like, if I accept this, is it really going to change? Like just by being with it? And so at times, I'll give myself the space to explore just being with the shitty feelings and not trying to change them, which I feel like is a superpower for women. Mm -hmm. And men have 
a lot of trouble doing that. Mm-hmm. It's heartbreaking. Tara Brock is a, is a teacher, a meditation teacher, and she tells the story of inviting Mara to tea. It's inviting Mara to tea. And it's basically inviting those feelings, the depression, the anxiety, and just hearing out, you know, what they have to say or whatever the feeling is. And that's sort of like internal family systems too. I don't know if you've heard of that, but it's loving all parts of you. Like there are no bad parts. So even the parts of the deepest pain and grief, like how can you be with them or love them or make them a part of you? And yeah, I think that's where when we talk about that related to healing, it's like how much of healing is trying to change the experience or trying to, yeah, use healing as a way to try and make yourself different or better or, you know, kind of progress or something like that. And I think a lot of that can get really tricky within the space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, I feel like the darkness allows us to see the eternal because externally nothing's happening. It's like, it's not static, but it, it's static in the sense that it's not changing. And we have such a deep desire to be happy and be comfortable. And now we're in a space where nothing's coming to make you comfortable. Mm-hmm. Nothing's coming to make you happy. It's like, this is it. It's like you're laying on the deathbed and this is it. So it's like, at that point, what do you do? And how do you orient? And what becomes the most important thing to you? And so that being like that core desire. And for some, everyone qualifies it differently in there. And that's one thing I love about the darkness and how we hold it is there's no practice. There's not like, I might suggest exploring this or tell stories of other people, but like at the end of the day, people feel into their own authentic movement. And so some people, for her, it was acceptance, someone else it's intimacy or love or compassion or kindness. or And then their world centers around, like when's the last time that 24-7 we just rested in love or acceptance and we got to see everything that pulled us away from that and like that being the essence of being in the dark is where it's like we're not going in there for healing but healing happens we're not going in there to awaken but awakening happens just going to like just rest with what is and really feel into at this time in our life, how do we qualify what's most important to us? Thank you so much for tuning in to Morning Microdose by Almost 30. We hope you enjoyed waking up. As always, we encourage you to take what resonates and leave the rest. If you enjoyed this trip, tune into the full episode on the Almost 30 podcast. All episode information can be found in the show notes. Make sure to subscribe. And if this becomes a part of your morning routine, be sure to share it with a friend. We have new inspiring doses Monday through Friday. Follow us on Instagram at Morning Microdose and follow Almost 30 at Almost 30 Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the vortex.